0: Hi John. Hello Jack, how are you mate? Good mate, how's it going? Yeah,
1: very well indeed, thank you. Been a while, how are you?
0: Yeah, good mate, good. Um, Looking forward to this conversation, like you said it's been a while but we're back in with a really hot topic which is sci-fi movies.
1: Always a a hot topic, always good stuff to discuss and for once I'm going to say I really struggle with this because probably... This genre and probably <laughs> war um, are two of my favourite genres and I really did struggle with this. And actually what I found is I'm getting a lot of overlaps in science fiction with probably a lot of stuff that we've already discussed. So I've had to narrow it down a little bit, but there's there's definitely stuff or films that we've put in our top five before that would probably make it into our top five sci-fi as well. So I've, I've tried to make it a little bit different.
0: Absolutely. And actually, I found it easy because we, we've named so many films in previous podcasts like The Terminator, Aliens, Back yeah. to the Future, which, you know, in, in the spirit of this podcast, we won't duplicate the same content. So we've got to exclude those already mentioned.
1: Yeah, can't um, talk about the same film twice, right?
0: Yeah. So we'll give them a nod, obviously. But um, yeah, also, it's quite mind bending how wide the category of sci-fi could be cast. Um, because I've just looked at a list online and Toy Story 4's in there. I'm not quite sure how.
1: Um, Other people's opinions don't count.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Um, I think there's a misconception, isn't there, that sci-fi instantly means space and aliens.
1: Yes, and I've got one in my top five which doesn't have aliens in it and doesn't have space. But having said that, you know, I was looking at, and I'm going to go in straight away with an honourable mention here, Something which would you say telekinesis is science fiction? It depends in what context, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, I a film that I didn't mention. Matilda.
0: Matilda. Yeah. No. I was she in did telekinesis, didn't she?
1: No, it might, it might might do, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you see telekinesis in certain films, like I think like Carrie and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So maybe it's a horror film. But I really love. Um, the Medusa Touch. I don't know if you've seen it. No. I sort of, Jack Brown immediately. What the hell is not, that? Probably more like a horror film, really. But it's about this guy who's in a coma that can influence big disasters. So he sort of like takes down um, a Boeing 747 and stuff like that. Um, I think it's got Richard Burton in it as the main protagonist who's in a coma. Yeah. Um, 1978. Probably more of a horror film, but I just thought I anyway, do. I'm going off at a tangent, but one to watch anyway.
0: we'll mention, nice. So I have rattled out five films quite easily because I know that I couldn't use half of the films we've already spoken about, which, yeah. would, which would make up my top five anyway. So you know, credit to us for making this podcast because it is impossible to do a top five list of anything. Mm. Um, so we'll do the top five. Uh, we'll do the budget in the box office in the year quiz. Um, but also this this episode, we've had to do something a little bit different with the the main top five list because the IMDb sci-fi list is an absolute mess. Um, if you, you can sort it by popularity, by user rating, by uh, film grossage, and the films in there are just all over the shop. Um, so we've gone somewhere different. We've gone to the Empire list of the 50 greatest sci-fi movies. So I will count you down from five now. Okay. Um, So number five is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Never heard of it. (laughs) Um, Which I need to re-watch because I haven't seen it for a while, but I remember it being actually quite dark.
1: Very dark. I remember watching it. It's one of these films which, frankly, my, my dad said, you need to watch this one. Or, like, just put it on and I watched it. And I was like, what the hell is this? There's a bloke in a bed, there's a big black obelisk, there's primates hanging around and had no idea but completely fascinated by it as well that's it Kubrick right
0: Yeah. Uh, number 4 is a previously mentioned film The Matrix mm-hmm. which I think I actually used in the superhero episode oh um, yeah so that is now 21 years old wow <laughs> how old am I? which is frightening um, number 3 Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back yeah fair enough sort of i mean it feels like it's got to be in there
1: you've got to be in there yeah uh
0: number two alien yeah love that and number one blade runner wow
1: okay so blade runner's number one can i therefore start with one of my top five then is it in there yes
0: great yeah let's go
1: i'm gonna kick off with blade runner then um and it really is a personal favourite film of mine. Um, it's based upon a Philip K. Dick novel, which I studied—I um, say as a kid, but as un- in university when I did sort of dystopian fiction. And Philip K. Dick comes up a lot in um, some of my films, actually. And there is just so much in Blade Runner, which I just think is tremendous and fascinating. And yeah, it's science fiction set in the future, visions of the future. Um, I think a great cast, Harrison Ford, uh, pops up in quite a few of my films actually. I didn't realise yeah. I was this, this much of a Harrison Ford fan. Honestly. But I love Rutger Hauer in it as well. Mm-hmm. And there are just some amazing scenes in it. There's a great Vangelis soundtrack. And actually, one of my, say more modern, but again, probably 15, 20 years old, um, dance mix by Paul Oakenfold samples the Vangelis soundtrack. Wow. specifically, there's the Rutger Hauer Tears in Rain speech, which is just amazing. Um, And it goes on about, I've I've seen things that you've never seen, uh, sea beams. And it's just just a great monologue. One of cinema's amazing um, scripts that just make this film really stand out as well. I think at the time it was probably, I wouldn't say slated, but probably seen as maybe, I don't know, not, Not a true representation of the bit, or too far distant from it, and maybe a bit yeah. Um,
0: Really interesting that because Rotten Tomatoes is a ninety percent approval rating, but it does say initial reactions were mixed. Uh, Plot took a backseat from the film's special effects, Um, so they took you know the forefront, and um, other people though said that the complexity of it would stand the test of time. Um, U.S. market thought it was too slow. I remember it just being both complex and simple at the same time, but Rutger Howard as well, like... I know there's a lot of special effects in it, but he looked like an android Mm -hmm. despite not doing much. It was the hair, you know, the way they kept him, his skin, like...
1: The way he looks, he's got those, like... I don't know if it's like those steely blue eyes as well. So he looks like a replicant, but it's like... I mean, I love the premise of this is Deckard, as the Blade Runner, is on the search for these replicants that have got loose. But the big question is, is Deckard a replicant as well? And it's like, I just love that. Which then leads me on to, there have been seven different cuts of this film made. And apparently the one to watch is I think it's the final cut which is the one that Ridley Scott kind of endorsed and I think that's probably the last version that was made of this but it's just crazy because of the legacy and how much this film has been spoken about and I just love the fact that I don't know, many many years ago but obviously after the film was made they did a Guinness advert with Rutger Hauer in it. And I think it was playing chess or something as well. So all the black and white stuff. And it was kind of like, it's, it's very like neo-noir yeah. sci-fi dystopian sort of black. St- uh, it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, I really like it. <laughs> One of the things I like about films is they talk about myths and stuff like that or the curse. And there's this, um, the curse of uh, Blade Runner. So you know, like things like you get in Poltergeist and... Um, the old man and the exorcist you hear yeah. about sort of like the, these mists. apparently um the the curse of blade runner is uh, do you know all those um logos in the town so it's got like atari and pan am and bell phones and stuff like that apparently all of those companies after the filming of blade blade runner went into like really bad uh, wow. uh had, had troubles with their businesses apparently
0: I've just looked up, so Pan Am, Atari, RCA, Bell Phones. Um, the only three that are still around is Coca-Cola, Singtau Beer, right. Um Do you know what year it was set in?
1: Well, the follow-up is Blade Runner 2049, so I'm guessing it's around then, and probably, probably within a few years, so 2042, I don't know.
0: 2019.
1: Oh, bollocks. So, like, last year? <laughs> yeah.
0: yes So, obviously, I don't know when the book was released, but the film... Oh, the Philip K. Dick, so that would
1: probably be 60s or something
0: like that? Actually, I'll give you that because, obviously, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, first published in 68. Oh. So, that was a long time in the future then. I love stuff like this, to you know, yeah. like Back to the Future too. when you look at um what they thought the world was going to be like which is actually they weren't too far off with things like facetime and stuff like that that's right um yeah great great nod really interesting so i love blade runner as well i think it's great i think um it's one of my honorable mentions i think is similar in a way but it's a bit older um so i'll talk about that later but um what are you fancying for the year
1: Oh, uh, when was this made? I would think it's 82.
0: It is 82.
1: Oh, is it all lovely?
0: Off to an absolute banger. Bang on.
1: Oh, wow. I'm quite tough for that. Uh, uh,
0: budget and box office.
1: Oh, Ridley Scott, Harrison Ford. Um, budget, budget. I don't know. I mean, 82. I'm going to go with 20 million.
0: 30 million, not bad. Okay. Only the 50% out, but yeah, not bad. Yeah. Box office returns 90 million. 40. Oh, wow. Okay. It's so surprising. But I'm just, maybe I'm going to go and check what other films were released in 82. Yeah. 1982 in film. Hold on, bit of editing required for this, but oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot um, of absolute huge classics.
1: Right.
0: You know, incredible. Some that I can't really name because I think they'll fit in this podcast. Okay. All but right. Some man. that I can would be Rocky, okay. Rocky Three. Sorry, Gandhi. All right. Um, and. An officer and a gentleman. Okay,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, The rest are all actually sci-fi, so I'm not going to talk about that. A
1: big year for sci-fi films. Blade
0: Runner's not even in the top-grossing, obviously, because it didn't do much. Um, Cool. Uh, So I, where shall I go? Shall I? I've got, I've got three alien ones. I've got a couple of space-age ones, and I've got a sort of a curveball. Which one do you want? Let's
1: have the. Give me an alien one.
0: I'm going for Total Recall.
1: Okay, lovely. Simply lovely. (laughs)
0: Um, The original, obviously.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Obviously. So, um, I love Total Recall. It's in my top five as well. Um, Is it? I I I needed to have... I needed to have... How do I look at Total Recall? I think... At the time, it all felt a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but but also just quite groundbreaking as well. The makeup
0: like. is insane, insane, The Makeup is just unreal because like it's special effects, but it's all based on makeup and prosthetics. So I was, I was reading something about the the special effects, and I think
1: this was. Do you remember? I can't, I can't remember, remember what his name is, Kraken or something like that, where his head sort of like splits, and it's a. Um, the, the, the body inside, um,
0: and it's well when he goes through the airport and he's put that woman's head on him. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like D- Douglas Quaid.
1: Douglas Quaid, yeah.
0: Quaid, get your ass to Mars.
1: <laughs> nice army impression. Yeah. The uh, get to the chopper. To uh, different film. Um, apparently, oh, I say Apparently, but wasn't this one of the first films that sort of blended? modeling special effects with one of the first cgi's
0: yeah i think it certainly for the era cgi took a back step whereas everyone was pushing it more than anything before um and certainly after the 90s like prosthetics and makeup like this hardly features at all anymore like the way that like his head fell apart the the morphing of like the aliens and like at the end when uh, they're deprived of oxygen and their heads are like exploding, yeah. it's all like makeup again, or you know, balloons, and stuff. it's horrible. Right. But it's also it brings like a realness to it. But um, it
1: brings a realness to it. I suppose it probably makes it feel a little bit dated. But I look at that film and I go. God, this is how they used to make films and it's and it's still really good for me. And, I, and in a way, I wish they still made films like that with oh, that yeah. sort of like modelling effect rather than this green screen CGI stuff.
0: Based on a book. Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick called We Can Remember It For You wholes- Wholesale. I'm going to have to go through the
1: Philip K. Dick back catalogue. I think so,
0: yeah. Um. What's really interesting for me is I have not seen Blade Runner 2049 or the Total Recall me- remake.
1: Okay, I mean... The Blade Runner 2049 actually, I think, is just amazing. Oh, is it good? Well, I think it's Dennis Villeneuve who's done that. I know who I absolutely love. Um, The Total Recall follow-up, I would say not so much.
0: Okay, shame. I just... I mean, that's why I don't want to watch them, because I don't... I just...
1: Yeah, don't want to be sported by it. And Um, I... Obviously, Sharon Stone in the original, just like knock out one of my favourite actors as well. Um, and it, it's, it's just a great concept, isn't it? It's about setting the future where you could implant a memory. I just love that. And it's yeah. like, what's real and what isn't real? And I just we're think, living
0: on Mars. Yeah, yeah, it's just great. I it's remember great. I remember when they're in the red light district and that alien has three boobs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> <That's> remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so... so We'll uh, we'll probably... I know we've both picked this, which is great, which means we probably should spend some more time on it, but I'm conscious this episode is probably going to be under an hour, so we'll better rattle through. But a few interesting facts. Um, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is fairly good. Nominated for three Oscars. Yeah. It won one Oscar.
1: Well, that would be the special
0: effects, surely. Special visual effects, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, It didn't win the best sound or best sound effects editing. So... Budget, box office, and year.
1: Um, year, I'm going to go with eighty-seven.
0: Uh-uh. No, nineteen ninety, no, no. but close. Ugh,
1: that's that's poor. That's poor. Budget. I think this is quite a big budget film, so I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with sixty million. Fifty
0: to sixty million.
1: Wow, Hang I do on. big. And I think that's quite that was quite big at the time.
0: Great shot. Um, I just got distracted then because I was looking at when Sorry. the the book was released. It was released in April '66, so two years before um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep, which was Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, so you're doing so well so far. What about box office? Oh,
1: uh, I think um, yeah, I think it's probably did quite well. I'm gonna go with two hundred and fifty.
0: Two hundred and sixty. Wow back of the net you are on fire love that that's on great uh, so I've I mean I've got a list as long as my arm for um honourable mentions but do you want to give me another one of yours
1: an honourable mention Um I'm going to go with District 9
0: I thought about that but then I wasn't sure about the prawn element of it <laughs> a prawn a prawn film uh, but that's actually a really good film because it's yeah. the whole South African yeah. racist element like, is it an apartheid
1: allegory? I suppose it probably is, isn't it? But I just love that sort of like, actually, these they're, they're sort of like kept in a um, detention centre, aren't they? And, they? and I suppose they're just trying to get home or something, aren't they? They need the parts to the kit. I don't know, it's just great. I just love District 9.
0: So um, I'm going to chuck out Mars Attacks in my the okay. mentions because I think it's brilliant. You think it's brilliant? It's that, that got Jack Nicholson in it. has, yeah. They, the the noise the aliens make—they go. They, it's a backwards duck quacking. It's
1: right, oh,
0: okay. That is the sound effects. So it's it's like, very hey. tongue in
1: cheek, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I just think it's like really, really funny. Like easy, easy watching. Anyway, right, give me another one of your top five.
1: Right, I'm going to have to go with Arrival. Um,
0: Ooh, I thought you picked this.
1: Yeah, quite quite a recent uh, film recent for, for me anyway and and I think this is another Dennis Villeneuve film um, I think he did um, Prisoners um, Sicario obviously did the Blade Runner 2049 follow up um, and I think he's doing the Dune remake as well so I'm really excited okay. about that because talking about that the other day about um, Dune, and I think the original film which had Sting in it was a bit of like
0: meh a bit of a mess yeah.
1: but but because it's got Field Nerve on board, I'm, I'm thinking this could be pretty tasty. Anyway.
0: June was number one in the uh, IMDb list. Oh, uh, really? The,
1: the film that's not even been released yet is number oh, one. Oh, I see. I was going to say. So, not even the original, but IMDb
0: are putting June, the remake,
1: that hasn't even been finished yet. In
0: first. Like. And I think June, the original, was third. But yeah. Um, so, I, I, I remember you telling me to watch this. And I watched it and thought, meh. I mean, I like it. I liked it. Good cast. Yeah, Um, Jeremy Rayner and um, Amy Adams. Yeah, and uh, Forrest Whitaker in it. Um, But I just... I don't know. There was this TV show on the BBC years ago called Something Earth or something. Okay. And it just felt very similar to that. And I, I don't know.
1: Well... OK, that's kind of pissed on my fire a little bit. Um, but tell me
0: why you liked it.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's, it's the story. Obviously, look, science fiction is normally about concepts, isn't it? And I love the concept that aliens have come back. Um, plot spoiler, right? Apparently, they've come back through time to save humanity because they need saving in the future by humans. And that sounds a bit weird. If they could travel through time and do all this. So, so I love this play with time. Or concept.
0: I know you love a time travel concept, yeah. I love a time travel concept. I've so got a few in time, my list. But it's,
1: but it's like the way that the aliens perceive things, it's not done in a linear um, time path. It's, it's non-linear. So they can see the present, the past, and the future all in one. And it's how they communicate. And it's I just think it's it's great i think it was a bit of a nod to i think it's kurt Vonnegut and slaughterhouse five i think about okay. that he wrote back in the 60s probably on drugs or something like that um which is a very sort of dark satirical um novel at the time but based upon sort of like a non-linear um aspect but um i love that i love the yeah it's a bit cheesy it's about saving the uh, saving humankind from itself, and having to speak to like the superpowers, China and USA, and stuff like that. But I just, I just like it. But I, I love the sort of the subplot that Amy Adams has a family in the future that she's getting sort of flashbacks of. But yeah. is, you know, in, in the of what we're currently seeing in the storyline, we're not quite there yet. And that's, I don't know. It, I just think it's done really, really well, and it's done not particularly confusing.
0: It's. I know what you mean. Yeah. And actually, it's nice to have a film like that that isn't just about destruction and war. Um, But it's actually based on a a book called Story of Your Life by Ted Chang. Okay,
1: alright, okay. I'll look that one out actually.
0: So, year budget box office? Year is going
1: to be, I reckon, maybe 2014. Ooh, 2016. Okay, Um, yeah, so quite recent. A budget for that probably throwing about fifty million.
0: Yeah, forty-seven. Oh, okay, you. nice, good one. Um, That's oh. one of those ones that could have been twenty, could have been hundred and fifty.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, you'd never be quite sure.
1: But you know, pretty big stars in there, and obviously there's some CGI and special effects going on. Um, box office, I'll probably go for about one hundred and eighty.
0: Two hundred. Uh, okay. Not... Again. Good shot. Good I'll
1: shot. <laughs> So that's, um, I think that's well, probably my third, because if I include um, Total Recall. Um,
0: no, I've got four recall. left. I've got four left. You've got two left.
1: Yeah. So do you want to give us one of yours?
0: I'll do two back to back very quickly, because I don't think you'll like one of them. Um, I, know, I know
1: one of yours, and I bet it's going to be fucking Flight of the Navigator or something like that. It's not.
0: No, I, oh. I thought about that. I was going to put that in there. <laughs> I, really, I really thought about it, but it's an honourable mention. Okay. Um, so what's your? And I I took it out actually for Men in Black. So you're having Men in Black? Yeah. The original. Yeah, because.
1: Um, I mean, I love Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Tommy Lee Jones. It's funny. It's it, it's I I never seen a film like it before. Um, and Will Smith rarely does sequels, and he was involved in the sequel. Yeah. And, and the third one. Um, so yeah also like i don't know you know the guns the the whole yeah modern alien environment that they' are all living amongst this kind of thing i really liked it
1: it's um it does romp along when i when I saw it, i just thought yeah this is this is good and this are just this are just nice bits in it when they kind of go into um it's almost what I would call uh customs, and like there's lots of different aliens from different places like waiting to go to, to to different areas and it's just like just creates a whole it's all like if you were directing or script writing this you just go well the world's my oyster i can literally write about or create whatever i want nothing's off off limits and they say about the guns and obviously i don't know if it's like a pen or something like that which is just like noisy cricket so
0: yeah so we'll skip past that one quickly though so what uh what year budget box office
1: that year is going to be I reckon that's probably late nineties, I can go with ninety eight. Ninety seven. Oh, not quite there, but yeah. Uh budget again, that's probably quite tasty. Will Smith Tommy Lee Jones fifty.
0: Ninety, which mm, is more than I thought it would be, but that's special effects I guess.
1: Will Smith was huge back then as well, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: and they I think they paid him for the soundtrack as well, so Oh right,
1: okay. Uh, box office, probably
0: 340. 590. Wow. Which is absolutely ridiculous. That's I'm going to have to see what you. what happened in 1997 in film. Because that must have been, actually, Titanic was 97, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. I don't know, was it? I'm asking. I don't know, mate. Was I mean, like Titanic I know. was 97, gross <laughs> 1.8 billion. Jeez. Jurassic... Jurassic Park, The Lost World, 620. Men in Black, third, 590. Wow. Great year for films. Tomorrow Never Dies, Air Force One, As Good As It Gets, Liar Liar, and another one that's in my honourable mentions. Oh, really? Fifth Element. Oh, I love Fifth Element.
1: I really like Fifth Element. Is that Luc Besson?
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's um, a spoiler for your list. but. no. No. Also, I didn't want to talk about Flight of the Navigator because I'm going to use that in a kids genre or coming of age genre or favourite films when I was a kid because I want to speak about it for at least an hour.
1: At least an hour, yeah. Would you want a Flight of the Navigator podcast? And I, if you like, I won't be on that one.
0: <laughs> Just be me. You can do it by yourself. <laughs> and you can have a you can have a craze with the Kemp brothers. All right. Never, never, never gonna let that one drop, are you? For- no, I'm not. No. Hell. Right, let me do a third one quick, and then we're even. Go so, it. Bang out. Do you want curveball, alien, or space? No, I want.
1: I want the curveball.
0: Curveball is Inception.
1: Wow. What? Well, I don't know if that is a curveball. I mean, that was that was in my shortlist. Didn't quite get there. Would you, Would you call it sci-fi? That's why I say it's a. Curb, uh, abs- absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's high concept. Um, being able to sort of how would you describe it going through layers? It's not like subconscious, but it's going through psychological
0: the, thriller, maybe
1: being, being able to sort of, well, but basically get plugged into an eye some sort of IV drip and get taken down, don't you, to the next layer. I'm
0: surprised you didn't pick that then because I thought that was going to be our, our crossover film. No, no.
1: I, yeah, Yeah. anyway, I mean, I absolutely loved the film. Loved it. And I watched it for the second or third time recently. And it's just, it's that spinning top bit, isn't it? About, yeah. are, you, are you in? And it's, again, it's like a bit like Total Recall about what's real, what isn't real, what is your memory, which level of consciousness are you really at? And it's just like, is he really with his wife and his kids? Or isn't he? But I... It's great. It's a great film, and it's a great action film.
0: Is everything that we know really real, anyway? Kind of. of. Um, I thought you'd have picked that because I know you're a fan of Nolan as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but great cast. You know, DiCaprio, mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, Killian uh, <laughs> Murphy. That's a
1: that's a great cast, isn't
0: Michael it? Michael Caine. Michael Caine turns up in uh, Nolan's films, doesn't he? Tom Berenger, Ellen Page. Yeah. Um. Huge cast. And actually, Marion Cot. Oh yeah,
1: he he plays like um. Caprio's love interest.
0: Yeah, but she's uh. I think she's in a couple of Bond films, isn't she? Um, Only one of them. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Corrector. Corrector. So, budget box office year. I thought this was newer than it was actually. Um, I reckon
1: this is a good 10 years old so I'm going to just go for 2010
0: 2010 yeah right I think it would be like 13 or 14 or something
1: budget's going to be massive I reckon that's you've got got to be knocking 100 mil for that 160 wow pretty big isn't it did Nolan do this after the Batman films 2010 yeah so he'd already he's already made the Batman films by then so he's like he's probably got the backing of the studio to spunk that kind of money yeah um, box office returns I'd go with 550
0: it was the fourth highest grossing film of 2010 Five, 500 Shrek being the fifth <laughs> right. Shrek Forever After grossed 750 million Crikey. Inception was 830 million Blimey. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one 960 million Alice in Wonderland with Johnny wow. Depp 1.1 $1. 1 billion and then Toy Story 3, 1.1 1. 1 billion. Not,
1: su- not surprised about Toy Story 3. I am very surprised about old bloody Alice in Wonderland there. But that's... um, Is that Tim Burton and um, Johnny Depp? They probably yeah, they know how to open box office, don't
0: they? Also, I think Shutter Island was released in 2010, which is a great film too. Um, obviously, that's Scorsese, which is one of my sweet spots. Sweet. So... We've got two left each. Um, I'm going to chuck in a couple of
1: honourable mentions. Yeah, go for the, it. I'll do it. So. I'm going to throw Donnie Darko in the box here.
0: That's in one of mine. Yeah, well done. Is that an honourable
1: mention for you?
0: Honourable mention of mine, yeah.
1: So, again, a bit high concept. I love the fact that Patrick Swayze's in it as uh, playing a really like mean, quite a nasty character in it. Yeah. And there's, what do you call it, a big rabbit, a big hare in there? I just they're just like mad and there's a, Plane crashed. And just, just amazing. Just love it's that. On as well. Yeah. Um,
0: All good. Really good. And presumably was that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's first film? One of his earlier ones, wasn't it? Yeah. What? What? Has he just
1: gone on to do some amazing films? I love, I love Jake Gyllenhaal.
0: He's actually in another one of my own inventions, Source Code.
1: Source Code. Yeah.
0: Which can... Is a really sort of film that I think slipped under the radar a bit, but great concept.
1: I've got another honourable mention a film called Cube. Don't know if you've seen it.
0: Is it where they go into different rooms in the cube and there's traps in it? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's sort of like is that sort of nineties horror? Yeah, I don't know if it's. Don't know if oh. it's
1: nineties. I think it's more recent than that. Actually, I don't know. I um, think
0: there's been a franchise of them. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So Cube, the original Cube, was 1997.
1: Okay, 90s. So you're right then. Good. I
0: remember that. I think I can't remember if it's, um, that film or one of the sequels. But there's a scene where there's lasers that he has to jump over and under, and it just turns into a grid and turns him into basically <laughs> like pepperoni.
1: It's kind of like a a twist on the um, horror porn films like Saw, I suppose. Yeah. Sci-fi twist. Yeah. So
0: there's three films. Cube. Cube 2, Hypercube, and Cube Zero. Good on you to
1: mention that. I had no idea there were two follow-ups.
0: Yeah, so let me just... I'm going to rattle through a couple more. Uh, So I've got to mention Star Wars. It might be in your list, but we've got to mention Star Wars, Star Trek, um, Independence Day, Ghostbusters. Okay. I'm chucking in Mad Max as well. Oh, yeah, good shout. Uh, all of them, because I actually quite like the Tom Hardy one.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good.
0: And then I'm going to leave a couple of honourable mentions to later on, so I've got four more honourable mentions which I'll leave.
1: Okay, mate.
0: And so... It's on you, sorry,
1: yeah. Um, I'm going to throw in um, a film called Primer.
0: Ooh.
1: Which is... Time travelling. <laughs> <laughs> Another time travelling, but it's... <laughs> It's a really, really, really low-budget film. I think the guy who made the film pretty much did everything, wrote, directed, edited it, did all the scripts, used his own cameras and stuff like that. Um, But it's about, I think, two graduates that got jobs, but as a sideline, they're kind of engineers, so they kind of like meddle around with stuff, and they accidentally create um, time-travelling, through what they call, I think they refer to it just as an A to B time loop. And I think even within the film, they don't actually mention um, a time machine. They just call it the box. And what they do, they go through this box, they travel through time, or one of them experiments, but to make sure they don't interfere with what's happening, he keeps himself locked up. And they also create, I think they call it... um, a fail-safe box, so just in case everything fucks up or goes horribly wrong, they can go into the fail-safe box, go back in time and like correct everything and make sure everything goes to the plan. I
0: feel, I feel like I have to watch this film. It sounds great.
1: Yeah, it's, mate, honestly, it is really good. There is, there is a follow-up to this by the same person called Upstream Colour, I think, as well, which is a real oddity, but very high concept. I think it's about time travel as well. I can't really remember, but watch that as well. They're, they're good pieces together.
0: That is but, going uh, straight on my film list.
1: Is it on Netflix?
0: No, it's not on Netflix or Amazon, which is... No. You know,
1: but yeah, it's it's really good. Um, and I think, yeah, really low budget. And I think, yeah, apart from the his mate in the film, I can't remember he's called Abe or something like that, I think he was the only paid actor in it. I think everybody else was played by either his friends or his family or something like that,
0: so... Yeah. Wow.
1: Dig it out, probably a cult film but I think the way, it's also that the way they describe or how they do time travel it's kind of like, ooh, you could get, I remember getting a little bit lost with it but being completely absorbed by this low budget film and then sort of halfway through you go Christ, which, which version of this person am I looking at? And it's just like a, a bit of a head mess but yeah, dig it out.
0: So Steven Soderbergh quoted the director of this, who's called Shane Carruth, as the illegitimate offspring of David Lynch and James Cameron.
1: Wow. Well, what a... Oh, that's brilliant, isn't it? I'd I'd be really happy if somebody said that to me.
0: So I have to watch this. So he directed, produced, wrote, composed and edited the whole film. Right. So what are we saying for year budget and box office? Um...
1: I think the year is probably late nineties.
0: Oh, I'd just go for two thousand. Two
1: thousand four. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, budget. I think it's going to be low. So two thousand four. A low budget. I reckon. I reckon it's still going to be half a million
0: quid. Seven thousand dollars apparently.
1: Well, <laughs> seven thousand. There's maybe yeah. half a million.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like. That's amazing. How is that even possible? Well, I suppose... The took five weeks. It was filmed on a budget of 7,000.
1: Well, crew... maybe if he didn't employ anybody, he did it, did it all himself.
0: Yeah, a crew of five people. He wrote, directed, produced. was a cinematographer, the editor.
1: Fair play. Absolutely fair play. I mean, I'm way out with half a million. What the hell am I talking about?
0: Yeah. Um, we're just recording the audio, not the video. I can obviously edit it. Um, so, what are you saying for box office?
1: Um, I'm going to go with three point two million.
0: Eight hundred eighty thousand okay. yeah. dollars. But it got it's got seventy three percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It, it won an award at the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. Um. Great. It was, yeah. So it, I I can't wait to watch it. That sounds great.
1: Honestly, I think you'd love it as well.
0: That's a good one. So I'm going for Tron.
1: Oh, okay. So obviously the original.
0: The original, yeah.
1: Tron, yeah. Okay, so I remember this coming out in the in the in the cinema. So we did the year in a minute, but early 80s, I reckon. And like the special effects and the neon lights and stuff like this. That that was enough to go. Yeah. Year.
0: I just as a kid watching this I was like oh, it's it's a film about like being in a computer game and like motorbikes and oh my god this is the best thing ever.
1: Yeah.
0: But also quite evil as well.
1: Quite evil, yeah. Is it oh remind me, is it um Jeff um Jeff Bridges in it?
0: Jeff Bridges, yeah. I
1: think well he's...
0: I think he's in the remake, but he's CGI'd in the remake. Right, oh, okay. Because they try him. and youth him if you know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I remember it thinking, yeah, just pretty much like you say, just love the love the concept and the idea of it. I mean, I think if, if I watched it now, I'm not too sure it stands the test of time. But you tell me differently. You put it in your top five, mate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it for many years. Right. Um, but I, I don't. Now you've said that, I I think I actually want to watch it to to tell you that it does stand the test of time.
1: Well, in a way, it doesn't really matter, though, does it? It's like one of your films that I don't know.
0: I... I don't think the CGI and stuff will, but I think the 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 concept will. Um, but yeah. So. And, and, and
1: is there much plot to it, or is it more the concept and the the futuristic feel that's that's the pull and the draw to it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a bit like Avatar. In that, if you break down the actual plot, the plot is quite simple. Yeah. It's held together by the fact that it's like quite groundbreaking and. Never been seen before, but it's also, you know, the, the whole software, computer engineering, hackers slash. What, what was that film when he gets injected into the body? Oh, um, the space, <laughs> space in a, balls in, a a space? Space. in yeah. A space. Yeah, Um, You know, I think there's you know elements of shrinking people and putting them in computer games and stuff that okay. you know, very popular in the eighties. Um,
1: like, was one of the, was one of the games that they played, and I'm gonna. So for some reason, I've got rollerball in my head. Um, but because it's a completely different thing about futuristic rollerball with John Carr, uh, James Carr playing um, like for fight to the death on roller yeah. skates being towed around by
0: bikes. Um, they've got rollerballs, they've got the motorbikes, they've got the frisbees with, oh, the, yeah. with the loops in the ground. And I think what's that game where you've got the glove with the like scoop on it? It's a real um, game. I think they play it a lot in Asia. I don't know, like lacrosse or something like that. It's like that, but um,
1: I'm going to have to Google it. I think the, um, I don't know why we were talking Gyalai. about. Gyali. Okay. I don't think I've heard of that, bud.
0: Let me, let me, Gyali. Where, where can
1: I find this? Where's the, where's the Gyali League being broadcast? Yeah, it
0: is. It is in, it is the same game, right? If you Google Jailai, J-A-I-A-L-A-I, Yeah it, like squash, but you have a glove, which has a big scoop on it, and you scoop the ball against the wall. Okay. But in Tron, it's with like a fucking electric grenade thing. Nice. Yeah. But I was
1: going to ask, in Tron, was one of the games they played on the motorbikes... Yeah. Or was it a little bit like Snake? So if you went around the edge, you could trap somebody in their own... Yeah if you like and, and that's like, what they did they would just go round around round in circles until they exploded because there's no space left <laughs> yeah exactly love it. That. basically that's where Nokia got the idea from wasn't it
0: obviously yeah oh. um, so year budget box office
1: uh, year is going to as I said early 80s so I'm going to go with 80
0: actually 85 82 you're, you're much earlier you're very accurate today it's still good though
1: uh, budget is going to be 12 million
0: Seventeen. Okay. I think you can take that.
1: And box office. I this this was a this was a big hit. I'm I'm pretty sure this is pretty big. I'm gonna go with sixty five.
0: Fifty. Good shot again. You're in the ballpark of all of these.
1: Well, I'm getting the years right for the money, aren't I? I think that's.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the, um, the more recent films are just astronomical figures. There could be anything.
0: Oh yeah. So seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes did quite yeah. well. So I've got one left. I've got four honourable mentions. You've got two left.
1: I've got one left.
0: Oh, one left, sorry.
1: So I've had Blade Runner, Total Recall with you, Arrival and Primer. You've had Total Recall, Men in Black, Inception, So We've both got one left each. My honourable mentions, I'm just going to throw some stuff out here. Westworld, love that with you, Brynner. Uh, Ready Player One, which went to the cinema to see. It's supposed to be the unfilmable film, but I just love all the little nods in there. Let's Have Spielberg. you seen it? Spielberg involved, definitely. Yeah. Is it? it who's um? Oh, has got for the race, and he jumps into a bloody DeLorean, doesn't he? And he's just like. Yeah. I I, love
0: I really like that. I think um, I'm not sure it got that great reviews, but I thought it was really, really good.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I, I just yeah. loved all the nods. Um, I'm going to put scanners in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, did you mention 2001 space odyssey it's not in my top 5 but it's an honorable mention for me
0: yeah so um, it was in the it was in the empire top 5 that one
1: and Whilst I haven't mentioned the Christopher Nolan film so far, an honourable mention is, is Interstellar and I know you're expecting me to put that actually in my top five. I did,
0: yeah. I was I couldn't wait to just start slating it.
1: <laughs> I think mean, that's why I haven't said it's in my top five because you're just gonna go in no, on it and I'm like, actually, I want to protect the legacy of that film by not. not
0: slating it, I just thought like it, pop it. I just thought he was trying too hard. Like you yeah, know
1: enough.
0: You know I told you about uncut gems? Yes adam Sandler the film and it it is designed entirely to make you anxious and not give you a payoff and i felt interstellar was designed too obviously to to give you some sort of like really lame feeling if if
1: if anything you could you could criticize for interstellar by maybe being five or ten minutes too long and the film should have ended well, no spoilers, but before the bits at the <laughs> Yeah, actually,
0: that's a really good point. Because if they stopped it there, I'd probably be like, eh, rather than, fuck that. But yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so I've got one left. Four honourable mentions. You've got one left.
1: Do you want me to do my last one then? Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out here. A film that really affected me as a kid when I watched this. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. The, the 17th version. I don't know exactly when it's made but we'll come on to that and it's um donald pleasance plays one of the lead protagonists my main character is not a protagonist but um potentially a victim aliens come to earth they start duplicating aliens into uh i think they come as flowers or something like that and they they start replicating humans and taking their uh, bodily sort of uh life forms and then the just, just, just take over their bodies and the bodies then waste away and then you find out, oh my God, that person's been taken away. I've lost that person but they're going to exist in physical form but as an alien. As and a then... pod,
0: uh, pod
1: people. Pod people, thank you for that. Um, and what happens is the the pod people gradually take over society and it creates this fear and paranoia and anxiety and I think the film does it so well, Donald Pleasance plays um one of the lead characters really, really well. Um and they go in and it's like, you know, they've they've inf- infiltrated the police force, they've infiltrated the the military and the armed forces and stuff. He's like, there's nowhere to turn, the bloody everywhere. Um and there's a great twist at the end. And I'm and because of that twist at the end, you're I mean I was just left going, Oh my God. It it's really like- is this overwhelmingly nasty, and I was just like, you know, my head and my hands, like almost crying about humanity is gone forever. It's great. So there's
0: two. There's two versions of this. Which one are you talking
1: about? I talk about the '70s one with Donald Pleasance, but I know there is an original one. Which Donald Sutherland? Can I say Donald Pleasance? It's Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Um, but the original was '58. 58 black and white which is also very very good and i really enjoyed that one.
0: i've seen that one as well and that's good there is a color version knocking around somewhere i think but it's a bit weird
1: yeah so yeah that
0: was so good yes yeah i think oh what was it
1: oh doing my head in now. he was in the
0: matrix as the architect
1: what donald sutherland yeah he's in he's in um,
0: so many films mate
1: yeah what's the point in even looking him up canadian he's canadian i didn't realize he was canadian he's also in
0: the hunger games recently but um yeah. oh. so this is this is a brilliant brilliant pick cuz it's it's a a classic um quite scary quite scary horror horror but in in that sort of like daily triffid style, yes, um,
1: exactly that, mate. Yeah, very sort of like claustrophobic. It's got Leonard
0: Nimoy and Jeff Goldblum in it.
1: There you go, Jeff Goldblum. Wow, fair play. Uh, probably an early role for him, isn't it? Yeah, well,
0: seven, well it's in the 70s, like you said, 78, 78, yeah. How did you know? Did you look that up? Did you cheat? I did. So I cheated You're on that
1: cheating one. cheating mother... Well, I cheated on that one because I looked at Donald Donald Sutherland because I wanted to look at another film that he was in. And it was um, a film called Don't Look Now, um, which is just... I mean, if you want to watch a haunting horror movie, just just watch go that. and watch that. Just go so and watch
0: you've it. got the year right, budget box office.
1: I'll budget... Um, uh, 7 million.
0: 3.5.
1: Okay. Box office is going to be 18.
0: 24. Oh, right, okay. There or thereabouts, which is good. Um, do you know, I've got one film left, but I, I'm torn between that and another one of your picks for the one to watch, so we'll cover that in a minute. Okay. Um, I've got a few honourable mentions to Rattle Off. Yeah. Interestingly, well, none of us have picked E.T.
1: None of us picked E.T. because I see that as a, I
0: suppose a, a, kid's,
1: a kid's... Not that it should be in science fiction, right?
0: Yeah. So that that was in my mentions, as well as The Martian uh, with yeah, Matt Damon. I, uh, yeah. I've um, also 12 Monkeys.
1: <sighs> the thing is, I was going to say 12 Monkeys but it's yet again another time travel <laughs> no, no, can, no, we no, you... have, can we just do time travel and just get it done we, yeah but then we can't we can't
0: talk about Back to the Future
1: yeah but they'll all be honourable mentions and we can talk, about, we can
0: talk about... about Back to the Future 3 because we've not covered that yet exactly even exactly. though it's not the greatest of the not trilogy much. but yeah <laughs> 12, 12 Monkeys is so I remember watching this when I was really young and I was just like my mind was completely blown oh, who's, who, who plays the part opposite Brad Pitt Bruce Willis Bruce
1: Willis yeah it's great. I need to watch that again. So good. Who directed that? Uh, I'm not sure. How many questions can you answer?
0: Terry, Terry Gilliam. Of course. Of course. Right in his prime, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, amazing. So good.
0: Um.
1: So. So, are you going to do honourable mentions before you kick us with your last one?
0: That was my... Penultimate honorable mention. Yeah, my last one is Logan's Run. Okay, nice. Which was the one I mentioned earlier. It has the Blade Runner type feel to me of pursuing, okay. pursuing people that don't belong in the dystopian world kind of thing.
1: Ages since I've seen that. It's so they, they've
0: they've all got a chip in their hand, and okay. when they're like age 30 or something, the chip bleeps and they get exterminated. Nice, great concept. I love that. Yeah, I think it must be 70s. So that is
1: like the Blade Runner. So in Blade Runner, the replicants have a limited lifespan, don't they? I think it's like three or four years or something like that. Yeah. That's about the tears in rain monologue that Rutger Hauer says, and it's like he knows he's going to die, so that's why he's coming out with all this stuff about the things that he's seen that you will never see. So even as a replicant, his life that he's had is bigger and better and more fulfilling than a human life. I think it's what he's getting to. Anyway, deep philosophical philosophical. Yeah,
0: but nobody can reach age 30 and he, I think he's actually screwed over and they activate his chip early or something. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. Definitely worth watching. Anyway, my last one is close encounters of the third kind.
1: Beautiful. I really like that Spielberg richard dreyfus who well, we're both huge fans of right i mean yeah. just...
0: and i picked this because it's sci-fi it's aliens but it's i guess it's, it's it's kind of similar vibes to et in a way yeah because it's not about the darkness or the death or stuff but i just the innocence of the communications and i just and like Dreyfus as well. Dreyfus Spielberg, can't go wrong. For, for, for
1: me, that film is all about the pacing. It's almost like the guy's going mad in his own house. He's building this place where he's got to go to, and he's drawn to this Draw, place.
0: Drawing the
1: mountain. Yeah. And the family around him are like, what is going on? What the hell? And then because of the pacing, and he actually goes, drives to the place... And the way it's filmed and you see sort of like it goes up with like a military base and you see like and it's it's almost like the reveal at the end with the spaceship and then it's like you know, him walking down and you know, forget all the spoilers. But I just think it's just like you're as a viewer you're waiting for that sort of final sequence and, and then when it's delivered, it's just so powerful. Yeah. The music, the, the music and lights show as well. You're just like yes.
0: I also, I, I actually read the book of this before, and it's a book based on the film. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I remember reading it and then watching the film and thinking, I have to watch. Close encounters of the f- the second kind and the first kind. <laughs> I, how have I how have I watched the third film in the series without watching the other two? <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah, brilliant. I was very. Love that. Oh,
1: uh, brilliant! Um, I don't know who else is in that film.
0: Um, I'm just actually googling what the difference is between first, second, and third kind. Nice. Um, so. So it's Spielberg director there. Uh, Dreyfus, Terry Garr, um, Melinda Dillon, Francois Truffaut. Um So not a, not a particularly famous cast. Um, but I just, yeah, I think it's so excellently done. I, I, you know, I've been brought up on Dreyfus as well. So yeah. he's in his prime there in the 70s too. So 100%. Coasting Counters... Of the first kind is visual sighting. Second uh-huh. kind is feeling f- physical effects of it. Third kind is um, meeting. Fourth kind is abduction. But he gets abducted, doesn't he? He goes into it. The... Oh, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fifth kind is direct communications between alien and humans. So that's a bit weird. Um, sixth kind is... Death of somebody because of it, and seventh kind is the creation of a hybrid.
1: Wow! So that's 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 a theme that's gone through our films, isn't it? Yeah. Have you um have you ever seen or read read the book uh, Communion? No. So that's about um, alien abductions and allegedly true life stories and accounts. Okay. It goes into and quite some depth it's it's quite i say well regarded but certainly
0: well known give that a go so I think unfortunately we've reached time
1: yeah
0: what is your one to what well, we haven't done um, year oh sorry yeah.
1: box office for Close Encounters so Close Encounters I'm going to go with 83 oh 78 77 oh what an
0: absolute... so obviously this, this is a podcast not a recorded video but I'm making gestures at John to to get down.
1: Um, that was bad. That was bad, I think. I thought I did really well. So, 77. A decade. Yeah, you know, exactly. What an absolute. Budget would have been 10. 10 million. I'm going to go big. 20 million. Oh, right. So, it was quite big, wasn't it? Yeah. And return on that, i go with 42. 300.
0: Close in count. Yeah. What's really interesting about this right, is I don't Sp- get that. Spielberg rattled this out. This was Spielberg's fourth film. Right. Right. And his first film was Jewel. Yeah, which I absolutely love. Second film the Sugarland Express. I've never seen it. Third film Jaws. Yeah. Then after this he had a gap of 2 years and he did Raiders of uh, sorry he did 1941. Okay. Then he did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen 1941.
1: Well, it's obviously a war film, right?
0: American period war action comedy. Okay. Written by Rob Rob Zemeckis. Okay. Directed by Steven Spielberg. That must be worth a watch. Not Robert Zemeckis
1: and Spielberg sort of tie-in is because I think they're in Ready. That's a Ready Player One tie-in as well, but um, they've obviously done quite a lot of stuff together.
0: Yeah, I mean every one of Spielberg. Just we could do a podcast on Spielberg, but um.
1: Right. So, yeah, Wrap it up.
0: Uh, what's your one to watch?
1: I, I really want to say Blade Runner because it's so rich and there's so much in it, but I'm, I really want to say Total Recall as well because that's amazing. But I'm going to say Primer. I, just, I'm
0: go- I was going to say, if you don't say it, I'm saying it because I want to watch that. <laughs> What's your one to watch? Primer. Oh. What? Even though I've not watched it, I'm going to say, <laughs> just, just based on you putting in the list, it sounds so good. And the fact that it's low budget and I think it's going to be, you know, so, I don't know, refreshing. I want to watch it.
1: Well, I want you to watch it and Off Grid we will have a chat about it. And in our our next podcast, you'll probably say, Pasco, what a load of crap. (laughs) Maybe.
0: But yeah, good to catch up, mate. We'll, We'll catch up soon. Great chatting. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.